Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. Here, this is the spot where the conversations are pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Did you bring your thinking caps? Because it's time to put them on. Because the conversation starts now. What is it like to homeschool? I wouldn't be able to do the math. <laughs> I could teach you, you know, the English and all that stuff. Uh, but I wouldn't be able to do the math. So we're going to talk about that. And educating parents. Because Pauline works with groups, small groups of individuals to really kind of help coach and mentor them through the process. So, Brands, let's welcome her to the edge. Pauline Duncan. Thank you very much. How are you, beautiful soul? Very well. Very hot here in Australia, at the top of Australia, I am. So it's very warm up here, but it's oh. um, a beautiful day. So how hot is it? Uh, it's only 28. Uh, in Australia, 28 degrees um, and 97% humidity. Oh, and don't be a woman of a particular age. You'd be the, the fell all out. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, it depends on where I am. <laughs> exactly. So tell us a little bit about you, your history, and how you decided to work with this population of young people and their parents. Um, well, I've, I've been a teacher from way, way, way back, so 20 plus years of teaching in primary and special needs. So I have a real compassion for children's welfare um, and parent, supporting parents who are finding it difficult with their children. Um, and having to manage, manage and juggle everything um, through that journey. Um, I have three of my own children who I homeschool due to their special needs. Two of them have special needs. Um, and through my coaching and my teaching background, I and my own life experiences, I just saw this need that there there's not enough support out there, one for the parents and a taking care of themselves, but also helping them to monitor the parenting of children and teens and I, and also the teens, children themselves and lifting their confidence because there's so much going on in the world. And even in a, here in Australia, as you say, there's very difference, but we still have the bullying. We still have the, the uh, kids not feeling confident and or inadequate about themselves and and so, and I felt that from my own childhood and me missing out and my journey and the decisions I made along my journey that um, I needed to help. And I really tapped into seeing a massive need here in Australia with teens and suicide. And I, I don't have speciality in suicide itself when we're at that stage, but I wanted to prevent what would happen, help them with their mind and their feeling and how they feel and the parents' connection to their kids from an early age rather than leaving it till it's too, nearly too late. Right, to and letting the, letting the world be their teacher. That's not good. But, you know, bullying, in my opinion, starts at home. You don't just randomly just go and start picking on people. Unless no, there's, a, there, there's a jealousy or there's an insecurity. Um, I had a bully. <laughs> and my mother pulled the car over and made me get out and tangle with her. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't know if that was the best choice, but you know what I did? I earned some respect. Didn't didn't bully me anymore. We don't want to encourage 
children to be combative, but we want to uh, let them know that they do have a right to stand up for themselves. They do have a voice. Don't let anybody just punk you. You know, what are some suggestions that you give to, you know, children? Because again, now let me just add a, a caveat to that. Children with special needs really have a hard time because they're trying to figure it out. They've got, they got something else going on. They learn a different way. Um, they may look different. They may act different. Um, they already have it tough. What do you say to these kids to just really kind of get them on the right track to start feeling good about themselves? Well, my focus is that I can do anything, no matter what is my motto with even women, kids, people that have just got a sudden disability. I've worked with a few kids that were athletes and then become, can't do it anymore. They've got an illness. Uh, from kids being born in, in in a way that is different from society. I think that many of them still have gifts and they've been channeled to go in a different pathway. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I believe that I, I encourage them to say and use word, positive words because our words matter what we say about ourselves. So Absolutely. that's one of my tools in, in my programs is one of the things that I do say is words matter. So what we say, I can versus I can't. I'll try... Um, you know, I don't know how all that and switch that thinking and patterns around is one of the things. And and I also, I, I want them to feel that they love themselves for who they are. They're fine just the way they are. They are enough the way they are, regardless of who says what. And talking about your bullying and stepping up and things like that, it's about that boundaries that they're entitled to say no. They have a right to look after themselves. Often my kids have even asked me questions like, but if someone come up and did that to you, what would you do? And I said, well, we have a right to protect ourselves. I even remember Buddha saying it on one of his one of his beautiful talks that we, the Dalai Lama it was, and he was saying that's how Buddha looks at things, that we still have our right to self-protection. We're not out there to be vindictive or awful back to the person, but we have a right to protect. So whether that's boundaries and saying this is my space back away, or, you know, um, or also or just, just the that. word no. I tell people all the time the word no is a complete sentence, brains. Yeah, correct. <laughs> it, it's no, thing. no, stop, yeah. uh, you know, and say something because people will influence you. And if you don't get a handle on that, you'll grow up maybe being a people pleaser. You'll grow up feeling, again, less than, or if you're empathic, you will take on everything even the fleas problems so you have to do that okay so what are some of the fun activities that you encourage uh kids to use you know like like their language do you have games that they play do you uh have certain strategies that you might introduce to them for making new friends uh do you encourage them to get off that device <laughs> and go outside and enjoy nature. What are some of the fun activities that you instill in them to make them feel good about well, themselves? You've ticked quite a few of the things off the box already, but you know, I, it's bit, uh, like being, we know that we're being in four walls is not healthy for us. Right. Um, and stepping out into the world, even if it's, in, and, and for kids, particularly I'm, 
a lot of kids that are coming to me at the moment are ASD, which is autism and anxiety. A lot of kids that are coming to me for, at the moment are that. And it's helping them create change, but in a, um, in a way that suits them. So it may be that they do love doing this activity. So let's encourage that, but sometimes putting them in that position that does that, but a little bit out of their comfort zone. Or um, I like games. So like for, I do, oh, at the moment I'm playing with maths games and English games, and that's just throwing the dice and creating the sums rather than writing it down. You like to time. play dice? <laughs> I shoot, I, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I will. I shoot dice and I like to do it for money. <laughs> that's not a habit that we want to teach children. No, no. Well, that's play just, you know, number facts instead of, you know, doing it on a piece of paper, creating fun. But when it comes to the confidence and that kind of thing, it's about um, creating the fun within those conversations, taking them out to do things, connecting with them in out in the world. Like my kids are at skate park. That's a way of connecting. So we connect at the skate park rather than being indoors all the time. Um, but it's also the conversation that the parent has with the child. You have to reinforce that. Uh, Pauline can only do so much, you know. Yeah, and, it's, and that's about educating the parents and how to connect with their child, connecting in what makes their heart sing but also helping the parents know within themselves. Because often when you're talking about it's coming from the parents, and that's why part of my business is helping women and mums focus on themselves and shifting themselves towards freedom as well. Because depending on how the parent's feeling and what's going on for them, then that's that got ripple effect to their children. So it doesn't, a lot of depends on the environment from home and how the parents really are but then that filters down to the kids and so teaching the parents how to connect to their children whether they're kids or teens or young adults um connecting and what feeds their soul what you know instead of knocking them for their mistakes congratulate them and say this is a learning experience it's a positive thing it's not a negative thing or accepting the child as they are because often if we've got children with um, special needs in particular is a very different thing, but it also could be a child that's just full of anger. So usually that's a sign there's something else going on. Right, so what is right, that? Right. But you know, uh, and yes, men, I'm going to pick on you for a minute here. Um, men can't handle stuff like women do. That's why they're men and we're women. Uh, I've seen situations where marriages have broken up because the child has a special need. I've seen situations where the man leaves, oh, excuse me, where the man leaves because um, the wife gets sick. They don't have that nurturing button in them like we do. Now they can't do it. I've seen single fathers do great jobs. I've seen, you know, but it's a two parent job. Mm -hmm. And that one parent needs to reinforce with the other parent does it and it's one heck of a job when you are a single parent now pauline you're a single parent and you have three kids yep how do you find time for yourself how do you find time to love on yourself well uh i have to make the time because again i have children two children with special um needs and so i'm usually a parent 24 7 
Um, so I have to create time. So it's for me, it might be getting up early in the morning before, hopefully before the house wakes and giving myself some me time, whether that's meditation, journaling, whatever, or throughout the day, um, especially when my kids were younger, um, as I learned that I was getting depleted because even though I was with a partner, I was a single parent at the time. I had what, an extra child to raise. Um, I, <laughs> I say that you Anyway, so I still realised I was getting quite depleted and lost as a parent. Um, and so in that journey, I discovered just a snippet of time, even if it was 10 minutes having a cold drink on the back deck and be grateful for the small amounts that I did receive. Right. And, but I made sure I had some of that time. Or notice when you felt, I felt overwhelmed and exhausted and like, I go, mean, right, I need time out and give myself that time. And you might need to set up if the young kids setting up to, if you, I'm like, I wasn't keen on them watching TV, but I would let them watch TV because that meant they were safe. They were not going to be distracted, whatever. And I could go and have myself some time well, out. I mean, you have to do it. You got to get a sitter. You've got to find someone that, you know, you got to build a network. You got to build a team. And what I found too is that, you know, my neighbor, um, even though her child has special needs, she delegates responsibility to that child. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. hey, you got to help with the chores. Don't let this handicap you. Uh, you've got to learn how to cut the grass, buddy. You've yeah, mine, got was, to... mine were team. Mine, mine, mine always call my kids my team. Whether we were with together at That's home right. with dad and now without dad, we're a team and we help each other out always. Because you have to, you have to set them up no matter what their challenge may be to be an independent contributor to society. You want them to move out eventually, get yes. married, uh, go to college, you know, all these different things are available to them. And if we just spoon feed them every little thing and wipe their mouth at every little drool and, you know, I don't think that that's, that that's the best thing. What do you think? I think, um, depending on your children's needs, because some children, that's exactly how they have to be looked after because they ask that they have that many challenges. But the majority or, for example, the lot of the kids that I see, they're quite high functioning. Um, so they are be able to give them and things that they can manage. Because what you want to create is a child that feels that they're valued and heard and loved. Absolutely. And you want them to feel that they're succeeding. So you don't give them a task at home that's nearly impossible for them to do. You pick a task that is quite doable or do it with them and guide them until they're ready to take it on board independently, like cooking, for example. The other night I said, I haven't got time right now. I'm too tired. Can you two cook? So they cook tea that night. Or ours has got to, we have a bit of a routine, who's on what days and what night what nights they have and so then this is how so they know and then the other days they know that I don't have to do as much unless they see something or I ask them to do something so they still have that freedom but they still have responsibility and not and I don't believe in heavy responsibilities and this is what I'm hope of coaching women to do currently now in my freedom program it, like we still have responsibilities but we need to make them fun we need to enjoy them but we still need to do some things that's life but there's other ways and choices that you can make, like you're talking about careers and where they go with that. That's an individual thing. And this is where the homeschooling is a beautiful thing because that's freedom in itself of learning and where they where they take their learning and their interests takes them off on that tangent to where they want to go without. Let me, um, let, me let me interrupt and ask you about homeschooling. I don't know a lot about it. 
you know, I most we did was homework back then when my daughter was going to school. But when you homeschool, you do have um, more of an ability to really hone into what your child's gifts and talents are. 100%. So, you know, if they like science and math, you can really, you know, incorporate maybe the reading uh, and the English, but also do it in the science. When you are in schools now here in the United States, there's classroom sizes anywhere from 18 to 25. One teacher, no teachers. And you have a child that has special needs or is has outbursts. They're so quick to want to medicate children now. But in some of the schools that I've seen, they have incorporated other modalities to calm them down, like yoga, instead of putting them in detention or making them write standards or humiliating them, they really try to help them quiet the monkey mind, center themselves, use things like emotional freedom technique. I've had some guests on the show that have really went as far as using hypnosis with their uh, their children. And again, like you said, it's very individualized as to what they need. But that homeschooling can really be a plus, but it can be hell on a, on, on a parent. I don't, do you have like, uh, like co-ops? Like, do you partner with other parents that are homeschooling and maybe one day they'll do the, I don't know, the science, maybe another day someone will do history or is it just all on you? Well, depends on the family and the parent, to be honest. Um, there is all those things. Um, there's all those things. There are co-ops depending if people run them and they can have people that want to be take a subject if they want. A lot of us are independent. Um, I'm now running classes for other homeschoolers because of my teaching and coaching background. So I'm actually working with teens at the moment. So I'm working on their well-being, but also working on their maths and English or of interest they bring. Um, it's quite varied here and what uh, what's expected but I think the beauty of homeschooling is if a child isn't coping at school one it's because it's not stop the system for them there's so many varied ways of learning homeschooling is only another version of schooling but if you've got a child that doesn't fit the so-called norm which I don't think there is one but society thinks there is one then because they're often they've got very good gifts they're not a disability they're a gift and I think that homeschooling particularly if you take them out in the environment that's not working for them that's not serving them then they're going to flourish at home and so you base it on the interest you base it on i do and i know a lot of community and the people i work with we base it on their strengths and go from there or what they're interested in and go from there so then there's a love of learning and it's fun and it's motivating and it's and then um and things that come up if there's issues that come up like i have three teenagers and they're we're open well in our house, it's an open communication. So we discuss anything, anything that comes up. I don't judge them. I don't ridicule them. I don't put them under pressure as such, um, unless it's really necessary and they've got something to have to go to the doctors and they really don't want to go. That kind of thing is we work around how we're going to manage that. Um, and that's why the importance also is of self-care for parents that are homeschooling because you are with your children all the time. And from, for a single parent, we don't get a break. For some of us, my kids won't go to anyone. They have a fear of other people. So oh, I'm really? a solo. 
yeah, I have a soul, I'm solo. So, but that means I have to work on how I take care of myself and how I parent and I see the world. So because you know what, it's very easy to get, you know, annoyed, to get stressed, to Mm -hmm. cry, to get angry. And you've got more than one, you've got three children, three different personalities, three different needs, three different desires. Uh, they're coming at you three different ways. So, so that's a lot, you know, and so it's, it's trust. Um, and, and I know they're building trust, especially with a child with special needs. Uh, uh, we had a babysitter one time and I trusted her until I told her, don't put my daughter's bottle in the microwave. What did she do? She put it in the microwave. It heated unevenly and I saw blisters in my baby's mouth. And I just went nuts. Um, So there was a long time that I didn't trust anybody, mother, anybody. Because when you give someone instructions, you expect for them to follow those instructions, you Mm -hmm. know, but life happens and kids fall off the swing at school and they, you know, fall in the street and, Mm -hmm. you know, get scabs and sores. So it's a fine, it's a fine, delicate uh, balancing act that we have to subject ourselves to, but also to our children. And it's so scary. It's really scary. So you are in a new home. Uh, you, you, you were telling me about this dream home that you got. Tell us a little bit about your move and, and what this, how this makes you feel. Cause I know that it's new, exciting and fun. And it was something that you and manifest. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes, well, now I've had this dream since I was little, but it really manifested um, its vision about nine years ago as I was um, leaving uh, my ex, my children's dad. Uh, Where am I going to go? I don't know where to go. I have no money. What am I going to do? And I just happened to watch something and I go, that's where I want to go, to this place where I am right now um, because it has whales, water and warm weather. And when I was young, I thought I'd love to live up that way, up in this state, but not this particular town. But this town was the one I had the vision of. Anyway, I decided I'd stay close to their father for a while. And then things unfolded and I got the opportunity to go now. Let's go. So I said, well, give it a try, kids. Because, again, having kids with needs and stuff, it's a big jump just to pack up and sell everything and go. So I said, well, give it a go and we'll see what we're like. Well, we're now here and we've been here. It took a wow. It took a year, but a nine-month gestation period to this place now, which is uh, class under Aboriginal terms, the mother healing place. Mm-hmm. And we are here now, um, and lots of great things have happened for my children's, even just all of our healing. And we have now got a house. Backyard is a, a beautiful tidal lake. Mm-hmm. We are surrounded by nature. The beach is just there. Magic. And so, well, that uh, was yeah. your blessing because you know you, it's a sacrifice, and so the universe wanted to reward you and fulfill one of your dreams. Manifesting and and dream catching is a part of some of the things that you teach the parents uh, to still want and still have desires. You know, you never know what will happen, and if you don't put it out there, you do yourself a disservice. And also allowing yourself to have it. 
because giving ourselves permission to free be free that's what's basically my whole message and that we have those choices to do that releasing the pains in the past releasing if you're thinking about you're a single parent or a children with special needs or homeschooling or how do I get that time to be free it's a, a, teaching people how to make that happen for themselves because often we'll have our blinkers on because we're so engrossed in our trauma our pain our toxic marriage our you know challenges whatever that is for you in life and you're then feeling stuck and you can't do it and this is like for me it's just proof in the pudding by now coming to here I finally get to have one of my dreams and my second dream was I've always for 30 years since I went to America many many years ago in 1991 um a rottweiler pup and I finally got one of them as well. So now she's one and she's been in the caravan traveling with us from Victoria, which is down the bottom of Australia, up to here. And she's now with me. And I go, yes. Okay. So my dreams have currently come to fruition. So, right. we don't... so now let's dial back and talk about this caravan. Uh, yes. What? Because I've got an idea what a caravan is. It's a bunch of people just kind of going on a trek. That's here going on a trek, stopping at certain places, you know, camping, just a communion of free-spirited people. Is that what you guys call a caravan? Kind of. It's a big house on wheels. And um, at the time here in Australia, we were having massive COVID problems, <clears throat> massive floods, no housing. So I bought one, sold the house and bought one and bought a ute, which is a truck for you guys. And I used it to, to I said, I'll live in this until we get a house, till we get the house that we want. <laughs> so we lived in it for a year. Oh, okay, so let me clarify that. So a caravan for you is maybe like what we call maybe a motor home, okay? No, yep. like what a caravan, what a caravan here is considered is like a group of people that travel together, like a community. Like oh, yeah, caravan, oh, go, yeah, you know that that was the the hippies used to travel in caravan. Say hippies, gypsies, that right, kind right, of thing. right. So, so that's no, how, that's what that. we used Okay, so brains. You know, I have to explain that because there's so many little differences uh, in their vernacular that I absolutely love. I love when they say, oh, you're a little bit long in the tooth. That means you're old brains. <laughs> oh, we have a lot of slang. We have a lot, a wow. lot of slang. I love it. It is so fun. It is so fun. So you wrote a book. Or you're in the process of writing the book, right? Well, I've got a few. I've been involved in a few books. Um and that's another part of my journey because I didn't think I was a writer. I could write, you know, being a teacher, you write stuff all the time, but you're not really writing, expressing. And I journal all the time. And that was a part of my healing process was journaling. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Something I teach that women and the, the kids and everything and tap into that inner, inner child stuff that's got to come out um, and play. I um, Do you have I one started... of the books there? Oh, sorry. I have a few of them. Um, the main one I'm giving... She's gonna get her books, Brains. We're gonna check out and see what she's uh, what she's writing about. She's got a lot to say. A lot of experience. November on forgiveness. 
Um, I mean, I, co I did a couple, most of these are co-author ones. One started with suicide because I was interested in the teen suicide. So it was our local group who was raising money to support um, reducing suicide here in Australia. So I wrote that book. You are an accomplished author. You said that you've been in many anthologies. That's one of them, Helping Me to Help You. Tell us a little bit about that, Pauline. Yeah, this one here, um, I was invited to um, write about it, write in it, because it was to do with, with preventing suicide for the community that we're in. I was, I was a part of that um, network. And it's about different people's stories and how life has been challenging and how they've been able to get through that. So the most of the the um, the money goes towards the supporting uh, prevention of suicide. And I actually wrote in here. Uh, I started to write about teens, and then I ended up channeling that to um, my relationship and my marriage, and how that saved me and my children, um, and my 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 tips and tools, I guess, for people to reduce. Um, suicidal thoughts and be able to live life from their heart from gratitude and a place of joy um and helping them do that and there's different stories in here from sexual abuse um parenting issues loneliness and that's where i went with my parenting issues as well um voices in people's heads people with bipolar racism lots of different things there so i was a part of that that book and that got launched this year as well oh that's is that on amazon uh, this one's just to come through me personally. So if you go onto my website, because I donate most of the money then back into the actual, they're a very small organization. So that's not on Amazon. Okay. No, and that's okay. I sold my books and they weren't on Amazon and I sold a whole bunch of them. Yeah. Well, I've been able to, I even had a teen that wanted to buy one from my class the other day. So oh. that was really good. And that was my mentally that was my initial reason was to go into help reducing the teen suicide. And then it didn't quite feel right. And I go, I'll meditate and see what I meant to write. And then I wrote the chapter within an hour. I'd written my chapter in this book. So that's in that book. And then this one, and there's a sequel to this on forgiveness, but this is gratitude. Again, I wrote a chapter in this book. And it's sowing seeds of how people use gratitude in their journey of life to help them shift and move forward in life don't you think that gratitude i think that gratitude is the key it was mine to leave my marriage it was i mean and you're so thankful you're thankful for not only what you received but you're also thankful for the learning and the lesson you won't do that again or it's a teachable moment and you'll be able to share that wisdom with others Gratitude is latitude and it will change your attitude. I say that all the time. And this is what I teach my teens and my parents as well. Because no matter what the burden is, particularly a parent who's struggling with even communicating, we have to be grateful for even in any moment of and grabbing when they're ready to listen. You need to be ready to listen to them when they're ready to say something to you. Don't keep working on the phone or working on it. Stop and listen. And being grateful for the child that you have got and and grow from that place rather than they're a little beep 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 and this is what they're doing like even if you have a child that's a bit of a difficult handle and they're not got special needs there's still a way to tap into them so it's about finding that way to tap into them and gratitude is a lifesaver so that's that book that's 
I, and I, that's, um, again, I used my marriage in that because that was my stepping stone. It was two things. I can, I had to change. I thought I was a very positive person, but it was I can. And what I was grateful for were two of the stepping stones that I used with my children as well. And that's how I started to be strong enough to leave my toxic 22-year marriage. So gratitude's amazing. And the next story that comes from this is um, the forgiveness one in which Julie Wells, um, Jules Wells talked about. That's launched in a couple of weeks. If anyone wanted to come and join our launch on the 11th of the 11th at 11, 11 a.m. Oh, wow. So she's picked an alignment, universal alignment time. So it's beautiful. And forgiveness is another powerful tool. Um, like we were talking about before, people that usually are bullies or are not so nice to people have something going on. They're not happy people. And I believe that we, yes, you need to have your boundaries and they're not to treat you that way, but there's usually something going on. So rather than taking on all their baggage and their pain, look at them with compassion in some state so that you can take away all that fuel that you feel from that person being that way. Does that make sense? What I mean? Absolutely. It makes sense. Uh, uh, it makes dollars and cents. So that's why brains, you need to go and buy it and don't just buy it, but read it and share it with <laughs> other people. Holiday time. This is a great time to, well, here in the United States, it's kind of winter for us. We want to snuggle up and have some hot chocolate and read a good book. That's a lost art too. Take the time to snuggle up with your child and read to them about anything. You would be amazed at where you stimulate their brain. It could be music, it could be art, it could be history. You don't know what it is unless you transport them. So take the time to read. And I think um, there's two things I'd add to that. One is taking the time out to do something that your child likes show an interest in something that they're doing. Even if it was gaming, ask them questions, get them to see if they can teach you how to do it. Exactly. Because a lot of people say don't do technology, but if that's something they love, then that's something, tap into those things. And the other thing that I often teach parents about uh, and families is the five love languages um, um, from Dr. Chapman. He has ones to do with marriages, but then there's also ones to connect with kids and teens and working out what that is in your family dynamics so then you can give them those things because that makes them feel loved and the same with you what you need from your children or your partner so that you know they that really shows you that they do care about you because they understand what your needs are so and quality time is one of those definitely one of those five of those qualities is is um is quality time um so let's see and this one is the one I wrote myself. Oh, that was beautiful. I love the cover. My and I'm, writing, I'm going to write a sequel to this year. Uh, well, this year into next year will be now. Um, this is a journal. So this has got pages to write in and a few quotes and bits and pieces. And it's here to, the reason why I wrote it was, again, for women because they don't take time out for themselves enough right. in their business and I wanted them to start being free to be able to just write, to enjoy writing, to be, to dream, to rediscover their love and joy of life, to just write stuff out. It was, and it's mostly writing with a few bits and pieces in there as quotes, because I know as a busy mum, 
you don't always get time to do the things what you want to do and so I created this as a as a gift to my, to the women um that come to my programs they will get one of these in their gift pack but also for people to buy just to start or they might know somebody that needs this and as a perfect gift like we're coming up for Christmas but a perfect gift to give someone that doesn't give themselves time out I remember when I did a talk on the gratitude book my first time on, I was public speaking and a young girl of 23 said my mum needs needs you but I don't know if she'll come to you and then so she, we said oh, let's let's buy this book and the gratitude book because that's my story in there about how because it was a difficult marriage that she was stuck in and I said give her these and this will get her started so that's the initial reason why I wrote this but my sequel to it is more about my own story and then some each chapter is going to be some tips like gratitude forgiveness and some activities and tips for you to be able to move forward because no one wants to stay stuck no, we really we don't. Don't. and it's finding those tips and tools to get through to Absolutely. the other side and it's so unattractive <laughs> so pauline uh thank you so much for being here on the edge with me and my brains please tell them how to get in contact with you uh, they're in Australia, brains, it doesn't matter. We're doing Zoom all over the world. Reach out to her, have a consultation. Your life matters, your children's life matter, work life balance matters. You want to feel as whole and complete, and you also want to build up a support system because you're going to need a break or you're going to get broke. Well, and we as coaches and people, we, we still have support people. We might like we have it all together, but there's days that like we have we already we're having a few tears or we're tired or whatever. We've got people we can look out for, and I really want people to tap into their inner child and their playfulness and their fun and then their freedom. And that's what I and I want for the whole family. Mm -hmm. So from working with the parents and I had helping them find that too, because the ripple effect goes down to their children, and if their parents are feeling on happy and playful and fun you can make the most boringest of jobs of you know doing the household chores put your music on and dance i'm big about dancing and having fun and dancing and getting your groove on just to get you going your life's not meant yeah, to be you, fun well, you to, and you got to keep your mojo up because eventually you know you may want to date i don't know that's you know you never know up. Have a, you know, or, or even join a women's group or you're going to want to get out and you're going to want to, uh, when the time is right and when you feel that, that you're comfortable with it, expose your children to other people because, again, they're not going to be with you. They're teenagers That's now, fine. but you don't want the world to teach them. You, you know, you want to be there for them. So thank you so much, Pauline, for being here on the edge with me and my brain. Sorry, brains, I got a little dent in my card, but that's all right. I don't have a dent in my heart. Be sure to like, love, and share this interview. Be sure to go on Amazon and pick up one of Pauline's books. We'll put all of her information at the back of this interview so that we can get that to you. Um, and take good care of yourself. And the webs, you want me to tell them where to reach me oh, from? Oh, yes, absolutely. Well, my website is called thefreedomlifecoach.com my email address is pauline.thefreedomlifecoach at gmail.com or you can find me on Facebook as well I have a Facebook page um, the free, Pauline Duncan the Freedom Life Coach um, she is the Freedom Life Coach for sure
Now, is that .com or is it .com, .au? No, just .com because okay. it means it's more universal and I'm about creating a ripple effect throughout the world. Even if, like I say, if I even make a difference in one person's life, then I've done my job. But well, I would I'm sure that you've done more than that. You've made an impact on three people's life, I know, uh, and, and a puppy. <laughs> and a puppy and a cat and another puppy, but yes. Um, oh. We have a menagerie of seven of us in this house, so oh. and in the caravan. Well, what do you call it, a motorhome in America? Yeah, <laughs> I had to. I had to remind myself of that. Thank you again so much for being here on the edge, Pauline. I love you, brains. I love you deeply and completely. Uh, so take care of yourself. Take care of your kids. Talk to you soon. Thanks, April. Bye, everyone. See you.